Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I've been listening to a lot of sports talk the last couple of days. I had a week off. I stayed away from it. And then everything that happened over the weekend in Charlottesville sort of bled into our business as well. LeBron James addressed the issue yesterday. Of course, the anthem protests have been a big talking point. And as I listen to a lot of these shows, my blood begins to boil because I hear, and this is not everybody, I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush, but there are many of these examples where you have sports talk show hosts that have no idea how to talk about any of this stuff. They're totally confused, they're scared, they don't know what to say, they're afraid of something. I'll give you a couple examples. This morning, I'm driving in on a competitor station. The guy opens up saying, you know, I had a long talk with the people who were producing the show, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to talk about this. And then, you know, we decided that we'll touch on it because it's important enough to touch on, but we're not going to spend two hours on it. I promise we won't spend two hours on it. I just want to touch on it. So then they play the LeBron cut, say, man, the stuff that's going on out there is just terrible, and then go on to the rest of the show. Well, what does that do exactly? Just so you feel better that you were able to get that out of the way because you wanted to address quickly what was going on that has been suffocating this country now for the last couple of days? And you think because you're a sports guy that you can only touch on it a little bit before someone in your audience gets annoyed? And what really drives me nuts is that the other side, the bad guys in all of this, they're not afraid to say anything. I saw a piece on Vice yesterday, Vice News. They're on the front lines with the neo-Nazis in Charlottesville. And when they have a microphone in their face, these disgusting people, they say everything that's on their mind. But somehow we're afraid to. And I'm not going to just knock competitors. We have shows here that have used what's happened in Charlottesville as an entry point to talk about what your favorite TV show is. And it's disgusting to me. And we have other shows where you have two hosts in a newsroom and the guy goes, how do you want to talk about this? How do you want to talk about it? You don't know how you want to talk about it? Seriously. How do you want me to set you up with what happened in Charlottesville was a question that someone told me one host asked another in our newsroom. It's pathetic. And no, do I think that the sports talk show hosts of America are going to change what's going on? No, I don't. But what I do think is that most of us that work in this business are reasonable people, a hell of a lot more reasonable than Nazi protesters that are saying and doing the things that they're doing. And maybe, just maybe, if we used our microphones and weren't afraid to talk about this stuff, we could create an atmosphere where you might get this entire country so loud and, and so on the side of the good that it would make this place so uncomfortable for those people to pop out and do the things that they're doing. 
Well said, my my friend, and I feel and, and totally understand your frustration, but I disagree with one thing you just stated, and the fact that we can't make a difference. We can make a difference, and as we discussed the other day, it starts at the grassroots level. It starts in your home. It starts in your community. That's how you make a difference and change. starts at the bottom, and then it rises to the top. It doesn't start at the top. It's got to start at the grassroots level, whether it's on this radio show, where we're not afraid to broach these difficult topics, whether it starts in your home, your car ride to the to home or wherever, uh, your your immediate family, your friends. That's where it starts. But you know, it, it's interesting that that these folks. It's not interesting. I understand why they don't want to broach this topic because they have nothing to add to it. Either they're complicit. Or they're completely ignorant and, and would like to stay and remain ignorant to what's going on in the world. Uh, there's a line, I think it's not about nature. If you've never been to get if you've never been to the ghetto, well don't speak about the ghetto. And look at your circle of friends. Look look at the people who you patronize. Uh, is it a diverse circle of friends is the the people you interact with whether your banker your accountant your dentist your doctor the stores you go to uh, is it a diverse community that you're interacting with on a daily basis and for the most part no the reason we have a Rooney rule is because most of these owners their circle of friends uh, their circle of influence uh, it's not diverse uh, it's it's gotten better in, in certain areas, but it's not diverse. And, and so that's why we need a Rooney Rule. Why did we need affirmative action back in the day? Why did they implement that? Because we still lived in a discriminatory, discriminatory society. And to a certain extent, it still exists. So uh, it, it, it's going to change, but it, it's going to change slowly as it, as it always has. And we have to keep doing our part. We have to be we have to continue to speak truth to power. And we have to get rid of this notion, this false equivalency that the grand birther in the White House. I don't see how anybody's surprised that he's endorsing these neo-Nazis. Uh, he, he's said it for the last two years he's been campaigning. So you shouldn't be surprised. He, he, he showed us who he was when he went on this great birther lie. And now everyone's shocked. You shouldn't be shocked if you were paying attention to that bull dookie that was going on. Uh, so it's a disgrace. And you've had many in that camp said they want to take us back. Well, hell, they're taking us back. They're taking us back to Jim Crow. That's where they want to take you. And you're right. Those who are in that number with the grand birther, those who are in Charlottesville causing all the trouble, uh, they speak loudly. They are not afraid. They do not wear hoods anymore. They are overt with their feelings, what they believe, their ideology. They're out there in front for us to see. And yet those who should be pushing back are afraid because right. there may be a pu- pushback. It's, that's, it's that's crazy ridiculous. to me. It's, yes. it, it's, it's ridiculous. And we, you and I, I know, will keep shouting uh, to the rooftops. Yes, we work with those uh, at CBS Sports. I've worked with... Uh, those at, at, at the uh, in the NFL have gone to college with those who would uh, align themselves with those folks who were causing all the problems in, in Charlottesville. And lastly, I'll say this: we will continue to push back. And for the Grand Bertha in the White House and those of his ilk that will to try to create this equivalency, you're so wrong. There is no moral equivalency. Those of us who are fighting against hate and bigotry are not equal to those idiots on your side. 
I used to think that when it came to athletes or people involved in, in this business, that if you didn't want to get into that field or express those opinions, you know, that was that was your right. You could stay away from that stuff if you, if you wanted to. We talked about Michael Jordan and how he was uncomfortable with that. But I have never lived in a time like this right now. I haven't. Now, I know that there's been other times in this country that the the, the fever of the what of you know racial racial and social issues was at a fever pitch there's been no doubt i mean the 60s we can go through all that i was not alive for that and not saying that there wasn't stuff in the 90s or the 2000s but right now is different so when i see people hide from it right now that tells me everything i need to know about them it really does and now i think that if you have something to say that is fighting against these horrible things that we're, that we're seeing, and you're not saying it, then you are part of the problem. And if you don't know how to say it, and you have an opportunity to speak to a lot of people, then you are part of the problem. And I'm not saying that, uh, that, that because we have microphones in front of us and we're going to change the world. I am realistic about it. But one thing I will not do is be given an opportunity every single day to have this platform to speak to people and then just hide from it because I'm afraid of something and then watch skinheads when they get a microphone put in front of their face just destroy everybody n-word this Jews are ruining the country oh, we need to have a, a an Aryan racing they're not afraid to say anything when the microphone's in front of them but somehow half the people here and 90% of this business they don't want to say it because they're afraid of their boss they're afraid of the tweets they'll get they're afraid of this man up for crying out loud seriously because this is different this isn't the normal social issue that you wanted to rather talk about your fantasy football team and you want to stay away from it because you thought you'd turn off the audience. This is different. Treat it as such. Treat it as such. And don't give me this bull crap. It's an escape now. You know what? Escape. If you're escaping, you're a wuss. This is not a time to escape anything. And if you're looking for a way out, then you don't deserve to have a microphone in front of your face. You don't. Or at least announce to us that uh, you believe in what the Grand Birth is saying. You believe what those torch bearers are saying. Well, have the You're guts then, too. Number. Have the at least guts. Be man, right. be man enough to say, exactly. I'm with them. I stand with them. Because there's no gray area here. Either you're with those haters, those bigots, or you're not. It's simple as that. No more hiding. Come out and be a damn man about it. Or be a woman about it. That's who you want to hit your wagon to? Say it and right. be proud of it. And we'll know where to place you. Yeah, I, I would have more respect for you if you did. I, I'm serious. I would totally disagree with you. I think you were a disgusting person. And I would try to, in some way or another, even if I failed to change your mind, I would do that. But at least you'd say what's on your mind, as opposed to taking the easy way out. And 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 as far as... You know, there's going to be a lot of people that give you the same old, this is a sports talk show, you're on CBS Sports Radio, all this stuff. I don't care, man. I don't care. It's not and, about sports. It's about life. And this is, this is it's different now. And it's the fact that people want to just, just go to all these different places as opposed to dealing with the real issues that is just feeding this. It's feeding this. You know, I mean, when you end the newscast with 
you know, the uh, golden retriever saved a deer in the lake. And, oh, you see Kathy Lee and Hoda drinking wine and talking about the new fall fashions. And you got all this garbage on TV and reality show this and Bachelor here and this and that. And everybody's hiding. And I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay any attention to that. Well, see what happens when you, you, you most people try to find an escape. Just see what happens because it'll yeah. get worse. Because if you we're don't, seeing it. If you don't, yeah, exactly. It's happening. If, and if if you don't wake up, it's stuff's gonna get worse. So I just, I mean, it's just been frustrating as all hell to me when you see these people who have an opportunity to say something, to step up and stand for something when they're talking to multiple people and they're tiptoeing around stuff because they're gutless. It drives right, yeah. me crazy. But there is no hesitation to blast those who will push back right. against the hate, against yeah, exactly. the bigotry, against racial inequality, oh, so against right. social injustice. Oh, yeah. black, black lives matter. We'll call them damn terrorists real quick. We'll call Malcolm X a terrorist. We'll call the Black Panthers terror. I dare you push back against me holding you down. And it's not a perceived holding you down. It's not a perception. I've lived a damn good life. I've fought hard for this damn good life. And yeah, there have been obstacles, but I haven't allowed those obstacles to stop me because because of the color of my skin. There are many more who've done that, but that doesn't mean we stop pointing out injustice, inequality when we see it. Just because you're doing good and you're successful doesn't mean you stop living. Doesn't mean you can't be subjected to these things again. And I'm talking to you, Jason Whitlock. Miss, they should, you should change your name to Steven. Uh, just like the character in Django Unchained. Because anyone steps up like a LeBron James has done in the past, oh, he can't possibly know what racism is about. Why the hell can he? Didn't always have a billion in the bank. Didn't always have, uh, wasn't always the best basketball player on the planet. We felt the sting of it, but we've overcome that. So my good friend Spencer Tillman would always say, I'm not preoccupied with race, but I'm damn sure impacted by it. And we will continue to speak up. We're not going anywhere, you skinheads. We're not going anywhere, you neo-Nazis. We're not going anywhere, grand birthday in the White House. We'll be right here fighting your ass till we die. LeBron James is a guy I have criticized many, many times because I feel like he can be a drama queen. I feel like he says a lot of stuff in the media that he could save behind closed doors as it pertains to sports. I have a newfound respect for him. Not that this is the first time he's said stuff, because he has. I mean, he wore the I Can't Breathe t-shirt during the ESPYs. He stepped up. Um, but he's he, he spoke yesterday. And it, it's not exactly what he said, but it's it's something that he, he prefaced his statements with that sort of hammers home the points that I was trying to make this morning. I have this platform and, and I'm somebody that has a voice of command. And the only way for us to be able to get better as a society and us to get better as people is, is love. And that's the only way we're going to be able to conquer something at the end of the day. It's, it's not about the guy that's the so-called president of the United States or whatever the case. It's not about a teacher that you, you don't feel like care about what's going on with you every day. It's not about people that you just don't feel like that's want to give the best energy and effort to you. It's about us. It's about us looking in the mirror. Kids all the way up to the adults, about all of us looking in the mirror and saying, what can we do better to help change? I have this platform. I have a voice. And LeBron James has a much louder voice, a much larger platform than we do. But I ask anybody who speaks to a lot of people that you really want to do good and you want to see some of this hate dissipated 
and it's not all going to evaporate in a day. But if you really believe in something and you have any sort of platform to speak about it, use it. Use it. Don't be a wuss. Don't hide from it. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think or say about you or there's going to be some guy who's an egg on Twitter who's going to call you a bad name or maybe your boss says get back to this topic. Well, tell your boss to go poop in a hat then because you had something to say. You had something to say and you said it and you can live with yourself a hell of a lot better because you said it. All right. There it is. You can lay your head down at night and know you did the right thing. This is what this is about, right or wrong. This is right and wrong. Simple as that. There's there's no in-between on this. You you said it before. There's no gray area on this one. We're coming right back. It's a call right now, 855-212-4CBS. I have the instinct at times to run away from stuff. I'm not going to lie about that. There was many times during the election that I said, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to go do something that I want to do because I don't want to think about this. And I feel better when I'm not thinking about the stuff that's going on that's angering me. And I am really disappointed in myself that I acted like that at that point. And I'm not doing that any longer. I'm not going to run and hide from the things that I think are horrible because it makes me feel better to do so because right now things are different. They're different than I ever expected them to be. I, I didn't think, I thought that I'd look back on some of the things that happened in history and, and say that, boy, I'm really happy that that happened when I wasn't alive because it created an atmosphere for me to live in that wasn't like that. And it's it's almost gotten back, to, I'm not going to say it's gotten back to that, but it's it feels like it's getting back to that. I didn't live that, but it feels like this is as bad as it's been. So I will reiterate my point. If you have an opportunity to fight against the bad stuff, and if you don't know what the bad stuff is, then you're probably part of the bad stuff. But if you have that opportunity and you refuse to say anything or do anything about it, then you're a big part of the problem. And I'm talking about everybody who has a radio show. I'm talking to everybody that has a microphone in front of their face that has the ability to talk you know, opinions. Now, I know Brad does the sports. I'm not going to shame him into saying something. He's a sports <laughs> anchor. But I have the ability. Brian has the ability. Everybody here at CBS Sports Radio has the ability to, to have their opinions be heard and, and to, to, to touch the treetops of it. And, man, that was really bad. Let's get to Ezekiel Elliott again. Or, or, or yeah. man, you know, I'm, I, just, I promise you we're not going to spend the whole show on this because I know we're going to turn off our audience. Well, you're a wuss. You're a and, wuss. And these are the things. This there's, this is the the intersection of sports and society. This is what Colin Kaepernick has been protesting. Yet there's more fervor against him, and, and a guy who didn't inflict any violence upon anyone who just knelt during a, a the playing of the national anthem. There's more vitriol directed towards him and Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch than there is by these same cats in front of these microphones towards those who are doing physical harm. It's amazing. It's a, it's a, a, a shame that they would, they would direct their ire toward those who have not picked up a, a fiery torch, who have not rammed a car into innocent protesters, who have not done any of the evil stuff that went on this past weekend. And it's a bit going on in this country, uh, but yet they would rather 
call these football players, these athletes who are trying to draw attention to all these misgivings in our society, they, they look down on them in disgrace more so than they do those who were doing all the evil stuff in Charlottesville. The reasonable people need to speak up more. And I think that reasonable people tend to look at the crazy stuff that happens on either side of things and say, man, that's crazy. I'm going to go mow my lawn. Uh, Well, the problem is there's not enough reasonable people and reasonable voices out there that are drowning those who are unreasonable that tend to be a hell of a lot louder than the reasonable people. So if you think that you're one of the reasonable people, then speak up a little bit more because then maybe you'll shut the rest of them up. Because I know, despite what I've seen, I know there's more of us reasonable people out there than there are the bad ones and the unreasonable and the ones who buy the tiki torches at Lowe's and then have a Nazi march. I know that there's more of us than they are them. But somehow, they're louder. Why? Because we're scared. I'm not saying me and you are, but the rest of us reasonable people are, it seems like. What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid to say something? Why are you afraid to fight against anything? Why? Because you're afraid that someone on Twitter is going to call you a name? Well, get over it, for crying out loud. Get over it. I don't know how we transition from that to Brad Heller. I feel bad, Brad. It's like when Brad you, smile. It's like when Damn you, it. you you finish your sports cast with like a death, and then we got to get out of it. You know how you transition? All you have to say are these three letters: THC. 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 That was Brad yesterday. There we go. Really, really loving weed. So, go ahead, Brad. What do you got for us this morning? All right, guys. A busy Tuesday for LeBron James. He flew to New York on a private jet for a few hours, played pickup ball with Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant, then flew back to Ohio for a charity event. At an amusement park where he called Donald Trump the, quote, so-called president of the United States while addressing the violence in Charlottesville. Baseball, Giancarlo Stanton made it six straight games with a home run, 44 for the season. Marlins lost to the Giants, though, 9-4. to In Boston, the Red Sox turned a triple play and then lit up the scoreboard against the Cardinals. And Sandy swings and he drives to the left center field, a base hit. This will get in two. Devers scores. Bogart's around third. He's in. And the Red Sox lead it 7 to nothing. And Tim Neverett on the Red Sox radio network, part of an eight-run fifth inning. Red Sox crushed the Cardinals 10-4. to Elsewhere at interleague play, the Dodgers scored five runs in the eighth, beat the White Sox 6-1. They're 50 games over 500. First team to do that since the Cardinals in 2004. Justin Turner says they're just finding different ways to win each night. You know, that's the beauty of this run that we're on. It's not like we're just going out and... Uh... You know, pounding a bunch of runs and uh, winning games with ease. There's a lot of coming from behind, tight games, one-run games, and and finding ways to win. So uh, tonight was another example of that. Other games of note, the Yankees beat the Mets 5-4. to four. The Indians club five home runs and an 8-1 win over the Twins. Cleveland's lead in the AL Central, six games on both the Twins and the Royals. Casey gave up six runs in the eighth, lost to the A's 10-8. The other scores out west. Mariners beat the Orioles 3-1. to The Padres over the Phillies 8-4. Braves top the Rockies 4-3. to One day after getting ejected by umpire Angel Hernandez, Tigers second baseman Ian Kinsler ripped Hernandez to reporters, quote, I'm surprised at how bad an umpire he is. He needs to reevaluate his career choice. He really does. Bottom line, end of quote. And the NFL Players Association officially announced it's appealing Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension. The hearing will be held 
August 29th. Guys? All right, Brad, thanks. We'll talk to you next hour. Yesterday, there was a little brouhaha that ESPN created. They did a couple of hours, or I guess maybe even a, a day or so, dedicated to fantasy football. And one of the bits or sketches that they did involved an auction, and it had probably, what, 30 middle-aged white football fans that were sitting down as the people participating in the auction. The auctioneer, who was holding up a cardboard cutout of the face of Odell Beckham Jr. on a stick, and he was auctioning off Odell Beckham Jr. in a fantasy football way. Now, there were people who got upset because it looked bad, and there were others that couldn't understand why people would get upset about it. And this is an easy one for me to to figure. And do I think that the people who made that sketch wanted to be racist? Did I think that they were thinking about slavery when they were doing that? No, I don't. I don't think they had any ill intentions. Do I think that that looked horrible, that it was completely tone deaf and ignorant? Yeah, I do. And you need to be smarter, especially in this climate right now. And Mm -hmm. when people, and it's just the ignorance, man, the ignorance is just incredible. But when people respond back to, well, what if that was Tom Brady on that stick other than Odell Beckham Jr.? You can't figure out the difference. (laughs) You really can't. Are you that stupid to not understand the difference between growing up black and the history of black people in America and the history of white people and slavery. You can't figure that out. That's the best thing you can come up with is what if that was a white football player on that stick? How dumb are you? How <laughs> well, dumb are you? <laughs> Some people want to stay dumb, man. Uh, you, you can't fix stupid, as Ron White long ago said. Uh, listen, I, the optics were terrible, but that was it. it was it intentional? Was no. it meant to be a racist uh, fantasy auction? No, that's what you do during these fantasy drafts. Right. That's exactly what you do. So I, I disagree with those who were were hurling, uh, uh, you know, angry tweets uh, at at ESPN over that auction that's what happens that it was just the optics were terrible it looked like the final scene of get out that's what it looked like you know i haven't seen the movie yet so uh and don't get on me i know i haven't seen anything that you've seen and you told me to go see but i will see it uh eventually give me three or four years um (laughs) but uh it, it, it was just terrible the way it was all staged and and, and that's the end of the story no way no how were they trying to uh be dismissive or or, or, or be uh insulting to to black people it, it, it just no. didn't look good right this it was staged wrong yeah it, it it was it was a mistake uh mm-hmm. no one should get fired over this but uh, here's what really bothered me about it you and i'm going back to uh a fellow member of the media jason whitlock would then conflate that and espn being forced to apologize which they shouldn't have apologized and they said in their statement that uh, it just looked bad it wasn't a good look for us and they acknowledged that but there was nothing nefarious about what they were trying to portray and and but for Whitlock to then conflate that to what's going on with Colin Kaepernick what you have with Colin Kaepernick are owners who are more worried about their, their pocketbooks than worried about the issue that Colin Kaepernick and other players 
are trying to bring attention to. So I, that's what really bothered me that then to have uh, those who I'm in agreement with. I agree with him. Nothing wrong with what they were doing there. It's just how they portrayed it because these draft auctions go on all the time. But don't then conflate that with what Kaepernick and others are fighting for. Yeah, and and there's there's no doubt that there wasn't a an ill intention uh, there at all. But you just have to be a little bit smarter, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be just a. Maybe this doesn't look so good, you know. Even <laughs> though, and 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 I know that people are gonna go back to that. Oh, this PC thing, gotta be afraid of offending everybody. Oh, but I gosh. mean, it just when it looks that's that a bad, cop out. Yeah, that's I mean, a cop out. You know, right and wrong. That's right. a damn cop out. Right. When it looks that bad, just think twice. Do it a different way. That's it. I mean, and to have every single one of the guys that was sitting there being a white guy, I mean, that's another part of it. I mean, can you throw in at least one black guy, an Asian here or there? What, only white guys play fantasy football? I mean, mean, that was the other part of it. I mean, just do it a little bit differently and no one's going to say anything. Can we just have a little diversity? Maybe the auctioneer is black. How about that? Yeah, Come that, on. that would help out too. But no, <laughs> he was as white as the back of my rundown. <laughs> so that's why it didn't look good. And people Simple should understand that. that. I mean, what is so hard about having a reasonable take on some of this stuff too? Where where you have some people don't want to have a reasonable take. Some people need hate. They need th- th- these issues. They do not want to have a reasonable take, a reasonable conversation about these things. It's either right or left. It's conservative or it's liberal. How about it's just right or wrong? Can we just get back to that point where it's right or wrong or it wasn't done correctly? Why can't we just start at that vantage point? Yeah, I, because it's too hard, apparently. I mean, it sounds yeah. too easy, but I guess yeah. it's it's too hard. And, and that PC bull, I mean, that's the new – it's it's PC if, if you know, you're saying that, oh, people want me to be too PC, but then if someone else lobbies something your way that, that you think is untoward, oh, you want them to be PC. I mean, it, it, it's just crazy. It's a downward spiral we're, we're entering right now. Yeah, and I wish that I had more hope. I really, I really do. I wish that I feel like maybe six months, a year from now, that things are going to be different, and maybe hitting rock bottom is the only way to cure some of these social issues and 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 to get to a place where everybody's comfortable. But I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of hope right now. I mean, if I did, if I had any hope, I wouldn't have been so angry this morning when I opened the show because I would have had a little bit of hope. Yeah, and and I'm sure there were those who were dealing with despair, uh, you know, way back during the abolitionist period, during civil rights and Jim Crow. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people lost hope, but they kept fighting the good fight, and that's what we'll continue to do: keep fighting the good fight, because the uh, the alternative is is, is no no good. Uh, the alternative is to just give up and and let be, and we're not going to do that. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Colonel Jay is a guy who tweets us a lot. He's a good listener to the show, and he said, calling out Nazis and racists isn't brave because everybody doesn't like Nazis and racists. Well, that's totally missing my point. My point, I'm not saying that we're brave or anybody that says it is brave. What I'm saying is it's necessary now as opposed to hiding from it i'm not saying that the people who who step up are the bravest people in the world what i'm saying is the the ones that have the opportunity and the platform to say something about it to counteract and then take the easy way out 
because they're afraid of criticism or they're afraid of the stay-in-your-lane people or they're afraid that their job might be on the line and politics is taboo, that that's not helping anybody. It's really not, and it's hurting. So to think that we're just on the air this morning looking for pats on the back from people saying that we're brave for saying it, you're missing the point. You're not listening to what we're saying. Right. And while it's easy to say that, not everyone is saying it. That's what we're trying to uh, instill in in this conversation is that everyone should be denouncing these idiots. Everyone should be denouncing these terrorist thugs. That's it. Yeah, it should be simple for that to roll off the tongue, but apparently it's not because they still exist. Yeah, They're still out here causing problems, killing folks. Yeah, it seems so to it's be not that easy, apparently. And they seem to be, at least it appears to be, louder than the ones who oppose them. And and it's because, I think, as I mentioned before, that they're not afraid to say anything. I keep referencing that, that Vice piece, and the second that a media member was embedded with them, I mean, boy, did they see that as an opportunity to get their message out. That's what mm-hmm. they said. Why don't we do that with the good stuff? Well, how come there's there's people that on the air I have to hear, oh, we're looking for an escape today from all the stuff that's going on? Well, how about for once you don't look for a damn escape and you address it head on? Right. That's my point. I'm Are not... you going to really be looking for an escape? Right. <laughs> New damn country. Man. that's. I mean, that should be easy to understand the point that we're we're trying to make, but I guess I can't make everybody happy. Uh, Pete Bellotti, our technical director, made a good point in the break to me. He said, you know, in in the sports talk world, you know, everything is based on hot takes and you have to have a take and a strong opinion here and a strong opinion there. But yet when it comes to this, those strong takes are hard to find. And it is kind of ironic that, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, live off the hot take and. And and boy, I am just I, I'm bringing it today, man. I'm bringing. Watch out for this phone number, hot take. But when it comes to this, right. you're hiding in a cave. Yeah, you can go after Levar Ball. You can go after Colin Kaepernick. But when people are dying in in the streets of America, uh, like they were back in the '60s, like they were back in the '50s and last century, uh, it, you're silent. Yeah, it's it really is. It's sickening to me, and um, I hope as this continues, and, and it will, that there's more people that will shed whatever fear it is to speak up, and, and will do exactly that and, and, and express those opinions you know, if they've got that, that platform that, that we're so, um, I won't say lucky because I know you hate that, um, but we are uh, fortunate to, uh, to, to have. Okay. Uh, moving on, we heard from LeBron James earlier talking about issues in Charlottesville, and he did call out the president and said that the only thing that's going to fix this is love. I do agree with that. However, it's a very difficult thing to put into practice because there's a lot of hate-filled people out there that are not going to change their minds. Um, there's also an issue going on with LeBron James and and his team, and it's not going to go away. Uh, Kyrie Irving is continually in the news. Uh, the, apparently, the Cleveland Cavaliers are asking everybody that wants Kyrie Irving for the sun and the moon, and if they get it, they'll make that deal. And if they don't, uh, then they're they're going to have to go into the season with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving there, and they're going to have to to figure it out. Um, but at at this juncture, if you're the New York Knicks and you hear the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the phone 
and Kristaps Porzingis is the only name that the Cleveland Cavaliers are saying that they need back to make this deal, then then you can't do it. And I'm sure that the same thing is happening with the Suns. I know he's intrigued by the Spurs. I don't know what they are going to be able to give back. So here we are all these weeks later after talking Kyrie Irving to death, and the same situation is there. That And the Cavaliers are doing the right thing, in my opinion. I think that what they need to do is continue to ask for everything because they've got the guy under control and they have a team that can go back to the finals pretty easily next year. Right, yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you ask for everything, including the kitchen sink? Uh, you've got a young superstar. You've got him uh, for a pretty good deal as it stands now uh, with these super contracts that these guys are able to attract. So uh, why wouldn't you ask for the whole kid and caboodle? I, I don't blame them. I'm not just going to give this guy away. Uh, we, we have no certainty that LeBron is returning. And it's interesting, LeBron, uh, he has always hammered the front office. Uh, we we admonished him somewhat for for speaking uh, out loud uh, about David Griffin and what he was or was not doing to make that roster better. You, you recall Charles Barkley getting on him like, how many how many great players do you want? Well, I want as many as Golden State has. So, uh, and, and he and he those are conversations that should have been taking place uh, behind closed doors, not for us to hear. But he's always wanted to make this team better, and, and you applaud him for for that. But maybe not the manner in which he he conveyed that message. Uh, so, well. Now he's essentially hurting this franchise because I think you can point to a number situation over this offseason where where there was a GM, uh, a potential GM, or uh, other players from other teams not wanting to sign with the Cavaliers because of the uncertainty with LeBron and his future. Uh, and, and that's occurring now with, with Kyrie Irving. Uh, so uh, this is going to be an uphill climb for Cleveland, I believe. Yeah, and it already is, and it shouldn't have been already. And I don't know whether or not I should place the blame more on Kyrie Irving for not being able to understand that he's in a great spot and can chase a championship again and can um, come back with essentially the same team, get back to the finals and and, and potentially take on the uh, Golden State Warriors again. Or I get on LeBron James for creating an atmosphere that is, is bad enough for Kyrie Irving to want out. And I kind of took Kyrie Irving's side earlier on because I said that he's probably sick of waiting around to figure out Mm -hmm. what his future is going to be that's uh, tied to LeBron James, who is always indecisive and he's quiet and you have no idea what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving signs an extension thinking LeBron's going to stick around, and he doesn't. And then he's stuck there in Cleveland like he was when LeBron was down in Miami and the team stinks and he just wallows away there. I don't blame him for wanting to get a fresh start if he thinks that that's what's going on. Uh, But at the same time, you can get that fresh start when your contract expires and you'll still be pretty damn young when it does 27 I believe 27 years old when it does. So you can do that then. So you suck it up now and see what happens uh, because you still have a great team. He sucked it up in the past and when it was just him and they weren't that good. But yeah, if, if it's just, is this going to be the last year with LeBron? Well, go play out this last year. Then you have two years left on your deal and then maybe you can, you can move and, and, and you have a little bit more leverage than you're enjoying right now. But uh, it looks like he wants to get out ahead of this deal and so far it's not working out. No, no, it, it isn't. And that's going to be the biggest story, no doubt, when the season starts. And it does start a little bit earlier this year. It's amazing how we are two months away, and that two months will fly by, two months away from when the NBA season starts. I mean, it's like, how, how the hell is that even possible? 
Did but, they just end and yeah. we haven't stopped talking about it? it? I know. And that's the kudos of the NBA for that because this is the most, even in the year of the LeBron decision, I don't think that the NBA was talked about this much in the offseason as it was this year. And, and I was in a, a non-NBA town at the time, so it's harder for me to judge, but it does feel like this year has been, there's been more consistent talk throughout the offseason uh, than there ever has been. And it was a big draft, too, where there's a lot of uh, very recognizable names and guys we watch in the tournament, of course, the Lonzo and LeVar Ball show, too. <laughs> that that has had a a huge uh, effect on, on the offseason talk. This draft with all the the, the one and dones uh, uh, coming out, and the the their, their, uh, the hope that uh, these guys can come in and pan out. Uh, that doesn't always happen. But when you have the the the, the mouth of the West and uh, and Levar Ball and all uh, the the things he has has stated and outlandish things uh, he has uh, been promoting, uh, that that's going to keep you in the news. And 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 so that's helped, and and then now the drama with with Kyrie Irving and and the, and, and I think it's also who who's gonna be the next big move like a Kevin Durant last summer? Who's gonna help uh, uh, upgrade their team? Who will upgrade their team to the point where they can at least be uh, somewhat competitive uh, with Golden State? Because I think it's a fait accompli that uh, Golden State will be right back where they were last year in the NBA Finals. It does feel dirty going from all the stuff we talked about earlier into a sports tape, but I did find what's happening with Kyrie still to be a little bit interesting. But it is it is tough to do that. It's a difficult thing to do. I mean I you know, I don't know if it's even healthy for me to spend the entire show yelling about something that I'm really angry about because then I'll leave here and continually be angry and I don't know if that's good for my brain. Well, we're getting it off our chest, and there are other things that are happening. And and while uh, you you have th- that heavy topic weighing on you, you can still deal with other uh, things on your plate. You know, there are, there are more things you have to deal with, and that's life, though. You have to be able to multitask. And, and you know, we're not going to curl up in the fetal position just because of that one topic makes us feel so ill. We're going to continue to go throughout our day and be productive. Yeah, there he is. There's the boys and girls club, Brian Jones. Ah! I like that. A little bit of advice and inspiration to get through the rest of the show, which is a good one that's got Dikembe Mutombo on it and Booger McFarlane on it. We're coming right back. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.